While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Chris will be back tomorrow, but we're joined in the first half hour by Ward 3 City Council candidate John Robinson. Hey, John, how are you? Very good. Good to be here tonight. So um, before we get started, uh, if you'd like to just introduce yourself to the audience and, and tell uh, everyone why you decided to run for Ward 3 City Council. Very good. I'm John Robinson, and I, as Marcus said, I'm running for Ward 3 City Council. And the reason I'm running for Ward 3 City Council is I've lived in Ward 3 my whole life. So many candidates came to my door. Mr. Robinson, would you sign my papers? Mr. Robinson, would you vote for me? And Mr. Robinson, are there any concerns or priorities you'd like to have me look into? I would tell them the concerns and the priorities. And then simply, I'd never hear from them again. And the problems wouldn't get fixed. And the problems would just snowball. In fact, many of the problems I'm talking about now deal years ago when they were the counselors came up to talk to me. And that is the reason I decided to run. I want to make a difference. I want to get things done. When I first decided to run for city council, I the problems with it were obviously the main thing. But I thought I'd be talking mainly about Hicks Logan, about the advanced manufacturing complex, about wind turbos. And I said, I'm going to go around and talk to the constituents when I get my nomination papers signed. See what they have to say. They are going to make my campaign issues. That is what I'm going to listen about. And what I found out where there were just so many problems I realize being a city councilor, the main job, the most important job, is responding to your ward's needs, to your ward's problems. Like on Wilbur Street, all the garbage, the street that I live on, it goes right around to Rowitz. It's right perpendicular to 195, and the fence from 95 that separates 195 and the city's property runs adjacent the whole street. There's all garbage and a big mess on the city side of that street. For years, the city cleaned that up. They don't anymore. All the neighbors talk about it, how bad it is, how bad it looks. Some of them are cleaning up their area where they live perpendicular themselves. There's furniture there. There's trash there. It's terrible. It goes right into Rose Street. Things like the top of Wilbur Street. There were two, the telephone pole, a power pole broke down. Um, it was, they, I'm trying to think of the name of the, the electric company we have. <laughs> Eversource? Eversource, exactly. Eversource came in, and instead of fixing the telephone pole with all the wires, they tied another one next to it. Uh, it's like a brace. Supposedly, it's a temporary solution. I was talking to the residents there, the 
the problem with temporary is there's no timetable on temporary. Temporary could be one year, could be two years, could be six months, could be three days. Well, it's still up there now. The neighbor, it's it's not steady. You can see it. Look, it's a, it, it could be a potential accident. The neighbors don't like it. Um, the problem on Hathaway Road in Rockdale Avenue, I think everybody knows after the S-curve, it's, it's congested. There are many accidents that happen on that. Supposedly, we are going to get a traffic light. That's been a very thorny issue between the neighbors. I know that for years. The reason being, when you come up Hathaway Road up, up the hill, you can't see as well. I guess it says, has to be so many feet to be able to see to put a light in. And they would never put that light in on that time. Um, another one is at the end of Rockdale. This is same neighborhood. At the end of Rockdale Avenue, right before the s a light went out. And this is, I'm going back over a year ago. In an accident, the, um, the street light was broken. Well, it hasn't been replaced yet. And there's been three accidents and I might was going to say six months, but I'll say a year because I want to be correct. In the past year, where the, the, the cars have driven straight into the house because the light, you can't see. It's just so, so dark at that age. And so these are the reasons why I'm, why I'm, run, why I'm running. Also in Pamela Drive, the neighbors have talked about cars speeding, going 60, 70 miles an hour up and down the street all the time. They did talk to the, the former counselor, and he did talk to the city to have it corrected. They wanted a stop sign at the end of Pamela Drive, where it goes into Bryant Street at, before Rockdale West. Uh, what they got is on the other side, go in the opposite direction, a radar which shows your speed, how fast you can go. So, And at the end of that same street, Pamela Drive, there's a bus stop that has been knocked out. It was drawn to my intention by a disabled man who said he now has to walk all the way up to the, the end of the end of the street to catch the bus. Well, I had to, I told him the bus still stops there, but the stop the bus stop sign isn't there. He says, I didn't know, I didn't know, and it was creating him a lot of disturbances. Also the reason we don't have any sidewalks, especially on Hathaway Road. Very difficult for handicapped people if they want to take the bus, if they want to move around. So instead of Hicks slogan and advanced manufacturing and all these other things, the issues are my main concern. That is what a ward counselor should do. And I promise you there is going to be action on these things. We're speaking with John Robinson, uh, Ward 3 City Council candidate. So um, I think you comprehensively laid out a lot of on-the-ground constituent service needs uh, that uh, you'd like to address if you're elected. Um, but there are still big-picture stuff that does that does need to be discussed, and that will be under your purview as the Ward 3 City Councilor. So Absolutely. The Advanced Manufacturing Campus, obviously, um, you know, you've talked about some of the traffic concerns that need to be addressed uh, over there and what, what might be exacerbated by added, um, you know, by putting businesses in that park. But it is a project that is moving forward. So uh, it is. Yeah, well, that's my, that's, so. That's, that's one of my concerns. <laughs> go, shoot. Okay, not one business has located in the immense manufacturing process. I've lived in New Bedford and Ward 3 my whole life. If you don't give incentives to the businesses to come, 
it's very difficult to get businesses there. You've got to give them something. I even called up at the Hicks Logan R&B Tires. I was talking to him. I, I was calling up about Hicks Logan. But I started, was talking to R&B Tires. And I asked him, I said, are you moving to the to the advanced manufacturing thing? He says, no. I said, if you were given tax breaks or incentives, would you move there? He said, yes, I would. So we, you have to give some kind of thing to get businesses in the area. And this has been in New Bedford for how many years? Dartmouth, the other ones, they give incentives. They get people to go there. They get restaurants to go there. This is how we can lower the tax rate. Matter of fact, when I went around to see the people, in addition to all the problems in the area, the biggest concern I had was the tax rate. And one, one of the streets, I think it's, App, it's Apple Street. It's near Church of the Nazarene um, on the right after it, on First Church of the Nazarene off of Hathaway Road. People were telling me their taxes in the past year went up $1,800, $1,500, $1,600. I'm taking their word for it. I don't know if this is true. I didn't check on it. But the people are very concerned about the tax rate and the way it's gone sky high. And it's it's hard for them to afford to afford the taxes now with the rate when everything else has gone up. To that point about the tax rate, there's the Morad pay raises that were um, that were passed by the city council, the $50,000 pay raises that um, Linda Morad had uh, put forward and the city council had passed. And, um, uh, you know, Morad had tried to correct her mistake and reduced it to 25% pay raises, so $25,000 for her friends instead of $50,000 for her friends. But I didn't know what your thoughts were on the Morad pay raises and whether or not you thought 25% was too much or it should be re, uh, readdressed? I think 25% is is a lot right now. I, I think, uh, quite frankly, things are tough. Things are hard right now. Maybe, I'm not going to say 25%, maybe 10%, 5%, or whatever. Yeah, 10% was what Mayor Mitchell had proposed across the board. I think that that's fair right now. Mm -hmm. And I really do. And I question some of the people that the way some of the raises went to some people, uh, the, when it was the Animal Man, mm -hmm. which was a much, much high. I'm trying to think of the name. Yeah, animal <laughs> Control Officer. First time I on the radio. Like animal ladies. Man. Yeah. First time on the radio. <laughs> I was just talking to Bacchus. I was a little nervous. <laughs> this is fun. No, my first time on the radio. Some of the, the raises were just a little too high, I thought, for mm -hmm. the particular person. Sure. And that, of the, all the things I... When I went around to the people, I rated what I got taxes. The second thing was that people are aware of that. Yeah, the more pay raises. They yeah. were talking about it, and they weren't happy about it. Yeah, no, I, 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 it's hard to, you know, I think it's hard to, it's very hard to, uh, to justify. And I don't think Linda Morad nor the council has has done a good job doing that. So, um, so we're speaking with uh, John Robinson. He's a candidate for Ward Three City Council. So aside from the 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 Morad pay raises, a lot of, uh, um, I don't know if you have any. Uh, particular uh, opinion on the Voctech School Committee appointment oh, yes. that was rejected, uh, Carol Pimentel. This has been on, I, as a New Bedford resident, I've, I've been aware of this many, many years. The problem, not not so much with Carol Pimentel, the counselors, the problem is with New Bedford High School and Voctech High School. Vocational High School is a private school. So if you're a discipline problem or there are any problems, they can ask you to leave. 
Many people go into well, Nuvasiv. Volk's not a private school. Not a, oh, I don't mean that. So not a yeah. private school. It's a it's a school where it's a specialized school, sure, like a specialized school. school. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean that. Uh, but that's what it is—a specialized school. So there's not a lot of discipline problems at Volk. I would say because if someone's a, a discipline problem or giving problems, they can ask them to leave. At the public schools, they can't do that. So many people that aren't and aren't really interested in a career in vocational skills, go to vocational high school, they get a career in mechanic or electronic or whatever, but graduate and then go into an academic career because they wanna, they wanna go to vote to skip, to, to be in a better atmosphere than what is at New Bedford High School. Mm -hmm. That's not what the vocational schools are about. The vocational schools are people to go into vocational careers. If there's discipline problems at New Bedford High School, I'm not saying there are, I'm not saying there are, there is. Public schools, you're gonna have discipline problems. Let's address the issue and fix the discipline problems at New Bedford High School and get the people going to the schools they should be going to. So um, you, do you do you have any position, like would you, do you know if you would have voted for or against? Oh, absolutely voted for her. Yeah. I think she was a great candidate. I think she wanted to bring vocational into where yeah. it should be. Right. And I think that's why she was rejected. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't want that. They yeah. want to keep the status quo. That's exactly They it. want the kids from the Bedford High School to go there, and then it stops other people that yeah. want to learn vocational traits that want to do it. They can't do it. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. So we're speaking with John Robinson. He's a Ward 3 City Council candidate. We've talked about the more pay raises, the Voc Tech. Um, uh, the Voctech School Committee appointments. Is there any other issues that you've been hearing aside from the the constituent services that you laid out oh. when you're going door to door from res uh, from residents of Ward Three? Yes. Um, no, number one, communication. Many of the residents didn't even know about the uh, advanced menu on Hathaway Road. Didn't know, and they were, the, the golf course is like right over there. Didn't know there was going to be an advanced manufacturing campus. The, didn't know much about what was going on. Hicks slogan knew nothing about the city council. Wanted better information, and what I'm going to do to remedy that? I'm going to start a ward when I am elected. A ward three web page. On the ward three web page, there will be a problem report page. If you see a problem with a road, with a light, or whatever, you can check it off, or if you to describe it, it'll instantly be sent to me. This way, problems can be instantly reported. Also, on the Ward 3 webpage, there will be a city council page. I will report the details of every city council meeting on that page. So that the, the voters and the citizens can see actually what is going on with the city council and New Bedford's agenda. So one of the things that your predecessor, uh, Councilor Dunn, had um, had championed was uh, the um, the line of duty death benefits for the family of Sergeant Mike Cassidy who died of COVID. Um, that I don't believe made it through Beacon Hill, so it's got to be reintroduced. Oh, it's got to re be reintroduced by the council and then sent back to Beacon Hill. Would you support it? Uh, would you support uh, putting forward that home rule petition again? Absolutely. I can't believe that was rejected. That's a tragedy. And it's not fair to the officer or what he did at all. He should have gotten that automatically. We shouldn't even be going through this big, yeah. this big thing right now. Right. 
Um, so we're speaking with John Robinson, he's a Ward 3 city councilor. So uh, one of the areas that's talked about, Hathaway Road's talked about in Ward 3, but the Hicks-Logan area isn't okay. talked about as much. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the area? What are your ideas for the area? I called Mike McCarthy at City Hall. I think it's Mike McCarthy. He was the engineer. When I called City Hall, I wanted to talk about Hicks-Logan. They put me in charge of the planning department. That's the expert on Hicks-Logan. He builds all the things, and he would be the most familiar with it. And he came on and he told me, and he says, well, he says, you know, he's, he explained to me, so, you know, Michael Quinn on the waterfront, which I'll talk about in a second. But it, it, there's no money for Hicks-Logan to have that taken care. And without any money, it's going to be very, very difficult mm -hmm. to take care of. Right now, the state of Massachusetts, we have a $2 billion surplus. Yeah. After Maura Healy has just taken office, we have a new governor. I think this is the perfect time to get a hold of her to get some funds to take care of that, hopefully, the Hicks-Logan area. I grew up in Ward 3. I remember Sullivan's Ledge, anyone there does, which was a, a pol terribly polluted site for years. New Bedford yeah. was stuck with it. It was a hole, a hole, in, our, a hole in our foot. And we don't go near there when I grew up. Don't go walking near there. And it was there. Finally, we had the Superfund, and the federal government paid for that to be cleaned up. They, it was just too expensive. Or if they couldn't do it, it was so polluted. The only way they could do it was cap it and then to have the rainwater and everything washed off. But it has been taken care of. I, something like that with Hicks Logan, that could be done. But it's got to be money. Right. You've got to have money with the state or federal money. And right now is the Massachusetts. We've got the money. Yeah. Two billion dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're speaking with John Robinson. He's a Ward 3 City Council candidate. Um, what other concerns have you heard from residents? What other ideas do you have uh, for, for the city council if we haven't covered everything? Okay. You know, I, I, I'm going to say better communication. Um, for the city council and um, you know basically the city council better, better communication from the city councilors to their constituents okay absolutely and main thing I would say is a lot with the city council and when I grew up I grew up I knew what each councilor was what they Bill Salzman was in there he was kind of a conservative he, I know Rosemary oh yeah I know he called black people beggars okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I, it, was, it was bad it yeah. was bad yeah. But, yeah. and I was telling the Chris at the time there was a lot more interest in the races because lawyers at the time couldn't advertise so the only time the only way they could get their name out was to run was to run for political yeah. so the races had a lot of but I, that was a good thing People followed the race. We, the Standard Times doesn't report now a lot on the news of the city council, what's yeah. going on. So people don't understand what's going on in the city. And basically, it's communication. Yeah. That's what we've got to do. You know. Well, so to that point, um, you know, a lot's been said about what, uh, you know, well, a city councilors. Well, taxes is, is obviously always going to be the issue. How, how do you plan to hold the line on taxes? How do I plan what we've got to try to do is get better businesses to get businesses to locate into the area. Sure. If we had more businesses in the area, that would offset the tax base. But that comes back to what I talked about before. We don't give incentives to the businesses to come in here. That's been something in New Bedford that's gone on, I would say, over 30, maybe 40 years. Mm -hmm. We've criticized about that. And Dartmouth gives incentives. The businesses locate over there. I still can't understand why we can't give the businesses something. Yeah. 
So we're speaking with John Robinson. He's a Ward 3 City Council candidate. Um, uh, there's been some conversation about City Council's relationship with Mayor Mitchell because uh, Linda Morad and Mayor Mitchell don't get along. She, apparently she doesn't return his calls. Uh, we heard a phone call from Brian Gomes to uh, the mayor here in WBSM uh, during, I believe, Tim, uh, Tim Weisberg's show some, uh, a few months ago. Um, some councillors have said they have a good relationship with him, but... Um, you know, what's your impression of John Mitchell and how do you plan on working with him, uh, you know, when you, if you're elected? I think John Mitchell has been a very good mayor. Of the modern mayors, I would say he's been the best of the modern mayors we've ever had. Okay. Uh, my opinion. He's very straightforward. You get an answer with him. Mm -hmm. I will say with Linda Morad and with the other counselors, I see it a lot. I and I, 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 the behavior is is not where it should be. And I'm not going to say children, but we we gave at Global Charter School. We had a kickoff. All seven candidates. We were there to give a quick meet some do some questions answering just brief of the campaign, and some of the counselors showed there. Linda, Brian Gomes, um, Shane Burgo. Mm -hmm. None of them sat together. None of them looked at each other. And it just, you could tell they didn't get along. A couple of the candidates, even not myself, but who are running for the same post I am, stood up and they actually criticized it. They said, look, we have a, a president of the city council who can't even talk to the mayor. Well, there's a, there's, there's a problem there. Right. There's a problem. You know, when you take it, like me, when you take an office or you take something, you take a responsibility to that office right. and to the people there. If you have a problem with somebody, you don't get along, you don't you don't like this, I shouldn't say not like this person, something happens, Not that's not, shouldn't interfere with your job or with what's happening to the citizens. Hey, after hours, you don't have to go out with them for a soda, you don't have to see with them after the city council meetings or whatever, but your professional job and your professional responsibilities shouldn't personal personal things shouldn't get in the way of the personal responsibilities anytime someone does jobs you're not going to agree with everything that person does i don't agree with everything john mitchell did the tax uh, giving incentives to businesses i think he should give incentive to businesses i don't agree with it but yet that wouldn't in any way affect my professional relationship dealing with him if i'm not communicating with him we're not going to get anything done. It's a negative deal right away. So, John Robinson, Ward 3 City Council candidate, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with before I let you go? Yeah, I just wanted to say my, that's my main thing is, is, is that I want to do action. I want to get things going and to get things done. You know, you know what we'd like to see is I'd like the best Ward 3. You know, the best Ward 3 responds to citizens' needs and concerns. Does it ignore or pay lip service to the problem? The best Ward 3 makes reporting problems easy so they can be fixed. The best Ward 3 ensures that all the infrastructures in New Bedford's neighborhoods are treated equally. Sidewalks for all, handicapped access, street conditions and lightings approved. The best Ward 3 is yet to come. Vote for John Robinson. I will make a difference. The Ward 3 special election is Tuesday, January 24th. Uh, there's seven candidates. We've talked to them all. John Robinson, thank you uh, for coming on. Thank you, Mr. Farrow. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Download the W Show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. That was John Robinson. 
Ward 3 City Council candidate. We've talked to all seven candidates now uh, here on South Coast tonight. When the field gets winnowed down to two on Tuesday, January 24th, we're hoping to talk to, we're hoping to have a debate. We'll see if it works out. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, right? But, um, yeah, so that's all seven candidates we've had. We had Jake Ventura, Carmen Amaral, Bob Bromley, Bob Cabral, Sean Oliver, John uh, Robinson, Kathy Danner. So a uh, good field to choose from. And we'll hear from them again on Monday. They're all going to uh, give uh, five-minute call-ins. Uh, um, kind of like what we did with the statewide can- – well, exactly what we did with the uh, all the statewide candidates. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's really exciting. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. Obviously, we're we're – you know, we're still tracking some of those stories uh, on the city, uh, the city council, like Morad's pay raises um, that she gave uh, the fifty thousand dollars pay raises that she gave, and then she reduced. Uh, you know, Mayor Mitchell had said that he wants to amend uh, Morad's pay raises from twenty five percent even further down. He still said they still need to be re- reined in because they went from fifty to twenty five. So we'll see. You know, he's in D.C. for the week. I know. By the way. Uh, those those pieces I wrote on Hero, they have been um, updated. One of them has been updated to add John Mitchell's comments on it. So I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about that in the next hour. I want to talk about some of the some of the responses from city officials uh, that we may have not have heard from yet. You know, like Tony Cabral. We talked to Tony Cabral and Scott Lima, um, Chris Markey. You know, but we haven't, you know, I, I, in that, since that time, cause it all, it all happened so fast since that time I've talked to, got, got a chance to talk to a few more people, reach out to a few more people and see what they have to say. So we're looking forward to, um, we're looking forward to, uh, to, you know, all that developing, but I do have some early comments from people that I think are pretty interesting. So we're definitely going to talk more about that in the next hour, but uh, 508-996-0500. There's still the Vogue Tech Admissions debate. I talked to uh, the Vogue School Admission. I talked to the Vogue, um, I talked to the uh, the Administrative Assistant to Superintendent Mike Watson. I think he's going to join me on air sometime next week because that's still an ongoing conversation obviously you know you heard john robinson talk about it and who you know whoever mayor mitchell is going to put forward for the Vogue school committee is going to agree with him on Vogue policy right the admissions policy so we'll see what the how the city council responds because you know it's it's pretty clear that Carol Pimentel lost because of her <clears throat> basically solely because of her position on admissions policy um and so you know there's and you heard a few city councilors like Morad like uh Ryan Pereira Naomi Carney say that the, no the policy doesn't need to be changed i think Carney said she doesn't want the culture to be changed so uh i i do believe we're going to have you know, I do believe we're going to have um, at least someone from the Vogue administration on sometime in the next week or so uh, to talk more about that. I do have a piece on WBSM.com if you want to check it out. Um, I know a lot of people have checked it out uh, and 
are following that topic it's it's still it's 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 going to be an ongoing saga that we can um that we can continue to uh develop here so 508-996-0500 i'm gonna take another break i'll be right back new bedford's news talk station 1420 wbsm to some people the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much but that's not necessarily true by six months they're combining vowels and consonants by nine months, they're trying out different kinds of sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on some meaning. Especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Early screening and intervention can make a lifetime of difference and unlock a world of possibilities. Take the first step at AutismSpeaks.org. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is often laced into illicit drugs and used to make fake versions of prescription pills. You can't see it, taste it, or smell it. Suppliers mix fentanyl into their products because it's potent and cheap, and the dealer might not even know. Keep yourself and others safe by knowing the real deal on fentanyl. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. In red, please. Back to the talk now on WBSM. So one of the things, one of the stories we're continuing to cover here on WBSM is the Title V septic regulations that have been proposed by the DEP. We had Chris Markey on, who's a state rep from uh, the state rep for Dartmouth, uh, one of the towns that's going to be impacted by this. I know Cushnet may be impacted by it. A lot of southeastern uh, Massachusetts and uh, Cape Cod, basically, a lot of towns with septic systems that may be uh, impacted, uh, may be impacted by these new regulations that are going to basically, you know, if they're implemented, this is what this is what um. You know, Senator Montigny, Rep. Markey, uh, actually all the reps in the delegation now, um, the public health director in Dartmouth, Chris Misho, what they said is basically this is going to present uh, what's called a Hobson's choice. Um, what You know, they didn't say that. I'm saying it's a Hobson's choice. But w- what they're saying is basically it's you are either going to have to make residential homeowners incur 15,000, you know, 15 to $50,000 upgrades in their septic system, or the town as a collectively is going to have to incur a great deal of cost to implement this new technology for septic system, uh, for, uh, for, um, lessening the nitrogen output from, uh, you know, into, into the water supply. Uh, I had Chris Markey on last night, and I think he was saying that basically, you know, this isn't, as it's proposed, isn't tenable. I know a lot of residents feel that way. They're very concerned about it. Markey was saying that they're going to, that they're going to, um, you know, he, he that they're, uh, that, well, him and him and Montigny, uh, Montigny filed the bill. Markey's co-sponsoring it as well. They're going to try to uh, force the EP basically to say, uh, well, if you are 
going to implement these regulations, you are going to pay for them, not the towns that you are forcing this on, right? It's not going to be, uh, in, you know, they're not going to up your property taxes or any of that. You're going to have to find the money in your budget to upgrade, make these upgrades yourself to put them in check to see if they want to do it. Um, I did see, you know, that there was a... Uh, an uh, opinion piece in Commonwealth Magazine attacking the DEP for these regulations. I did see a um, Mashpee uh, select board member uh, come out in favor of the regulations. Uh, he's also the head of an environmental group. Uh, you know, I think we should have probably the counterpoint on uh, just for the dis- just for the matter of discussion. But, um, you know, this is public comments open until. January, you can uh, January thirtieth, I believe, public comments open. That's how you can you can email, um, you can email the Department of Environmental Protection, and I'm going to get the information right now. I probably should have done it during the break, but I didn't, so I'm just multitasking now um, to get the because there's like very specific things you have to do in order to make the public comment. But I know there's a lot of people in Dartmouth and in Cushnet and other surrounding towns that are really very, very concerned about this. So um, you have to email the uh, DEP.talks at mass.gov and it has to say title, title five and watershed permit in the subject line. So DEP.talks at mass.gov DEP.talks. DEP stands for the Department of Environmental Protection. That's the state level version in Massachusetts of the EPA. DEP.talks at mass.gov. And the title the the subject line must, you know, in your subject must include Title V and Watershed Permit. And they do listen to those public comments if they've you know to the they've actually extended the public comments. So it's it's until 5 p.m. On January 30th. So if you're able to email them and tell them, you know, voice your concerns and if enough people do it, you know, they, I think at a certain point will probably be forced to act accordingly. So let them know about your concerns at DEP. Or I mean, I guess if you support it, I don't know. I haven't heard from anybody that supports it yet in the audience that are residents that would be impacted by this. I haven't heard from any of the elected leaders in and the elected leaders and even the 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 non-elected leaders like the public health director in in dartmouth misha they respond to what the people they're serving want so if they're responding the way that they're responding that means that none of their constituents support these regulations right otherwise they are you know they are they are serving at the behest of 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 you 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 people you guys and if they're hearing all these concerns then their job is to raise those concerns and i think they've done a really good job of doing that i think they've done a really good job in coming here going on other media outlets uh you know penning uh op-eds in 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 statewide publications and all that to let people know exactly how uh, their residents that they're serving and how they themselves feel about those regulations. So it's DEP again, DEP.talks at mass.gov, and it must include Title V and watershed permit in the subject line. One of the things that Rep Markey had said, one of, one of his 
what, what he thinks the the more tenable solution is, given that the DEP is under public pressure. They are being sued by the Conservation Law Found, uh, Foundation to um, start adhering to certain environmental considerations, considering the nitro- nitrogen outputs that are going into, uh, you know, public water supplies. Uh one of the, because they do have to respond to it in some way. One of the solutions Marky had said was a much more cost-effective and uh, practical solution. Um, you know, to find the the you know the fine technology that is, you know, because this these regulations, this technology is is always, you know, developing. Um, you know, just sort of a more tenable solution that over time a much more affordable and implementable is that a able practical let's say practical i don't think implementable is a word actually it could be a word you know what i'm saying when i say implementable able to be implemented would probably it doesn't sound right though so able to be implemented i think sounds a little bit better than implementable so a much Something that's able to be implemented. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Been a long week. So uh, 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. Here's what's happening this week on Towns the Show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500. Just wrapping up the first hour. That was John Robinson that we had in the beginning of the hour. Ward 3 City Council candidate. If you missed that, the podcast I'll have uploaded uh, relatively soon. So you can hear what Mr. Uh, Robinson had to say. Again, really good field of candidates. The special election is on January 24th, which is Tuesday. So just a few days away. I know a lot of candidates will be doing their last uh, GOTV get out the vote push on that. And I see some people that have been doing a lot of hitting, hitting the fundamentals of campaigning. So. Um, uh, it's, it's difficult to, to get a read on this race. You know, you see a lot of people doing the right things and a lot of good candidates and it's a seven way race. So it's hard to get a pulse on where exactly, um, people are or where, you know, you think they'll go based on who's doing the right things. So if there was one guy doing everything right, I would say, well, then that guy's definitely going to make it, but there's a, there's a few, there's a few that are doing everything right. So. Uh, the next hour, I do want to talk about uh, continue the conversation on Sheriff uh, Paul Harrow's proposal to close Ash Street because it's going to have, you know, if it's able to happen, it's going to have a very broad regional impact. Um, and we've heard a lot of we've heard since then we've heard from Mayor Mitchell on it. Uh, well, at least I have. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. There's a quote that's added into my uh, article, Mayor Mitchell's comments. We had we've had um, you know, we've heard from uh, I've heard from some city councilors. I reached out to most of them. If I haven't, I just been listening. I, I just haven't. I don't know. Texted. I think there's a lot. What, 10 of them? I think I've texted eight or nine. Right. So. Um, I've reached out to most of the city councilors on this, um, and uh, I've also heard from Senator Montigny uh, recently before I came on the air. So I talked to him for a little bit uh, about this as well. So 
we'll be talking more about that and sort of the uh, some of the impacts that some some of the elected officials are saying uh, are, are are saying about it. So we'll um we'll we'll continue that conversation that was started here in South Coast tonight when Sheriff Road broke in that news. So stay tuned. We will be back uh, in the eight o'clock hour. We'll take calls at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred.